Uh, we are going to uh, get into the Word of God this morning. You can turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to give you a topical message today. So we are going to be in several different uh, passages of Scripture uh, for each of the points this morning. But I want to speak to you this morning on the attitude of a veteran. This is Veterans Day weekend and uh, by and large many times uh, this weekend and this day is neglected or overlooked from the pulpit. And I understand in some aspects we as followers of Christ want to be cautious and be sure that we are not glorifying war. For some, the honoring of our veterans and recognizing of their service might be looked at as of honoring and glorifying the war, but that's simply not the case. Even the veterans themselves would be the very first to say we do not want to glorify the acts of war. There was a cartoon newspaper some years ago that had pictured two battle-worn soldiers leaning up against a dirty old jeep, and here walks by a fine, pristinely pressed young soldier. His fist was clenched, and an angry look was on his face, and he had an obvious chip on his shoulder. One of the battle-worn soldiers looked at the other and said, uh, that young man has never seen combat. And the other turned and said, why? And he said, because he's still looking for a fight. Those that have been through it aren't looking for it, don't want it, and certainly wouldn't glorify it. But it is possible for us to honor the veteran and his service and his sacrifice without honoring the violence of war itself. Just like it would be possible for me if I was walking down the sidewalk one day, as I saw a little video this week of a man who was sitting in a chair and somebody was walking by, and this man walking by happened to see what the man sitting in the chair did not. The man walking by reached and grabbed the man in the chair and pulled him out of the way as just in time a car plowed up onto the sidewalk, went through the chair and through the front of a building. Saved that guy's life. Well, that man could stand up and thank the person who saved his life for noticing and doing what was needed without being thankful that the car ran out of control, without glorifying the fact that other people were injured or hurt in that accident, but acknowledging and realizing what this person did for them. And so it's possible today for us to say thank you to the veterans without glorifying the act of war. It has been said, and it is still true today, that it is the veteran, not the reporter, that has given us the freedom of press. It is the veteran, not the poet, not the poet, sorry, who has given us freedom of speech. It is the veteran, not the campus organizer, who has given us the freedom to assemble. It is the veteran, not the politician, who has given us the right to vote. It is the veteran, not the preacher, who has given us freedom of religion. So let me ask you, what is a veteran? For the cause of today and this weekend, it, obviously we are acknowledging and recognizing those that have given some time or some portion of their life in service to our country. 
and we honor you today. But dictionary.com says this, a veteran, a person who has had long service or experience in an occupation, office, or the like. So really a veteran could be somebody in a myriad of circumstances or situations, just somebody that who has given a considerable amount of time or energy or life experience towards a particular task. We have all heard or even said ourselves like, oh, he's an old veteran at this. And it may be something as simple as changing brakes. You say he's done a lot of pairs of brakes. He's a veteran at this. He knows exactly what he's doing. It may be other things, but it's just a matter of having life experience and giving continued practice to becoming a veteran. So it is, I believe, and should be something that is accomplished in every believer's life. I believe every believer should at some time in their life reach a point where they are a veteran of the cross. A veteran of the cause of Jesus Christ, for we know that there is a cause, that we don't live unto ourselves, that there is a purpose and a reason for what we do. And if you, following the Lord, doing what God would ask of you, and you continue in that for a period of time, you reach a place where you become a veteran of the cross. This morning, I would like to talk to you about the attitude of a veteran. There's just some things that I see in the heart and the life, in the attitude of those that have served our country, those that are veterans, and ultimately those that are veterans of the cross. We'll strive to balance the two as we go through this, but first of all, I want you to see a veteran has the attitude of a willingness to serve. A willingness to serve. One of my favorite verses. Had I not already in my life said as my life's verse, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, I believe that that is my heartbeat and what I would desire to seek God first. Had I not already chosen that as a light verse and believed that's what God gave me as for direction for my life, this verse that we're going to read now, it would be a very close second. It truly is a passion of mine. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 15. The Apostle Paul here, who is a great example of Christian and certainly would be recognized or acknowledged as a veteran in this time period that he was in, we see here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 15, he says, And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Paul says, I want to spend my life. I want to exert all of the energy that I have, all of the means and resources and capacity that's within me. I want to spend it serving you. I want to do all that I can do for you. And he says here that I do it gladly. 
And I do it without recognition. And I do it not because you love me, even though some do, even though some might not, even though the more I serve, the less I'm loved. Paul said, it's not because I'm looking to be loved by you. It's because God has given me a heart to serve you. And I do it gladly. That's present in the heart of a veteran. It's one that will gladly serve, spend and be spent for others. Paul did this not begrudgingly. I ask you this morning, is your service for God something that you take on begrudgingly? Is it something that you do because nobody else will do it and it all just fell on your shoulders again and since nobody else is going to do it, I guess I'll do it? Or do you grab the mantle and say, oh, I'm so thankful that I get to serve and help in Sunday school. I'm so glad today and I gladly give of my time to sing in the choir or to work in the music program of the church or to be an usher or to stand at the door and greet people as they come in or to carry an umbrella out and welcome people in the parking lot in the rain. I'm just glad I get to be a doorkeeper in the house of God. There ought to be a gladness in the heart of the Christian to want to serve God's people, to want to serve God in any capacity, whatever it is. I'm so thankful that I get to come in during the week and do some cleaning. I get to take out the trash or vacuum a floor or dust the pulpit area. I get to clean off the piano and the organ or I get to uh, clean the bathrooms. Amen. Somebody's got to do it and I, I like it clean. And I'm glad that I get to do that. Are you thankful for the opportunity that you might have to serve God this morning? That is the heart of a veteran, somebody that's just willing and desirous to serve. I don't know what your motivation was for signing up, those of you that stood and we recognize you this morning. We, it's just a small wake. Said thank you for your service. Some of the reasons that people sign up to go into the military. One is to travel. 9% of people that signed up was because they want to travel. They saw a commercial somewhere and were duped into it. Amen. <laughs> Some is because they wanted to, uh, the military to pay for their college. Some, they wanted to get away from mom and dad. Nowhere else to go, so they went into the military. For some, they wanted to learn a new skill to find purpose in their life. Almost 8% of those who signed up did so because they wanted to get in shape. You know, you can do that on your own. You don't have to join the military for that. <laughs> of course, they, they do provide some motivation, I think. Amen. Some signed up for adventure. Some signed up because they wanted to follow in their family expectations. This is grandpa was in the military. Dad was in the military, so I'm going in the military. But by and large, the greatest majority, by percentage, signed up to serve our country. I also, I also read some reasons that people have concluded were not wise reasons to sign up. Somebody said, don't sign up to impress a girl. That's not a good reason. Some said, uh, don't sign up if you want control of your own life. <laughs> yeah, they were deceived if they thought that's what they were getting, huh? Here's the thing. The fact is, is 
regardless of what the purpose was that men and women over the years have signed up, what has been a testament and has held true over the years here is by and large, the American Armed Forces, when they were called up, when the need was present and they were sent to the battlefield, they performed their duty admirably. They did what was needed and did what was asked of them and accomplished the mission. They served their country. Time and again, those in the military have gone above and beyond the call of duty, doing more than was expected and accomplishing valiant efforts in protection of their fellow soldiers and for the cause. And today we thank you for doing so. When you sign up into the military, you're very likely going to be facing an enemy someday. I just want to remind the Christian who the enemy is. The enemy is Satan. The enemy is not your neighbor. The enemy is not the world. The, 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 the people that don't know the Lord. You see, you got to be careful because sometimes the enemy, who is Satan, will use people. And if you're not careful, you'll start to look at them as the enemy. But we can't do that. God loves them. God died and gave himself for them. And we'll not have the right heart if we're looking at them as the enemy. They might look at you as the enemy, but that's okay. If they hated you, Jesus said they hated me first. But we're to love them. The Lord loves them. A veteran of the cross learns how to have compassion even in the face of great hardship. Ernest Gordon, he was a POW in a Japanese prison camp. He tells of a time when he had been freed. Soldiers came and rescued him. and They were on a transport back to their own territory. He describes seeing a Japanese a group of Japanese soldiers that were in such a shocking state. And I quote his words. He said, I have never seen filthier men in my life. Their uniforms were encrusted with blood, mud, and excrement. Their wounds were crawling with maggots. The wounded looked at us forlorn, forlornly as they sat literally waiting for death. They had been discarded as expendable, the refuse of war. Yes, they were our enemy, but without a word, most of the officers in my section unbuckled their packs, took out their rations, grabbed a rag in a canteen, and went to their aid. Our guards tried to stop us, but we ignored them and knelt down beside the enemy to provide for them water and food. We cleaned and bound their wounds. Grateful cries came from their voices, weak as they were. 
and they followed us as we walked away. I regarded my comrades on that day with great wonder, for 18 months ago we would have faced these men and readily destroyed them. Yet now we are bandaging their wounds. You see, we, at this moment, experienced grace there on those blood-stained railroad cars. God had broken through the barriers of our prejudice and had given us the will to obey his command, love thy neighbor as thyself. And that's what we need to do as God's people. As a veteran of the cross, we need to see the world around us in the condition that they're in and allow God to give us compassion in our heart for them that would move us, even though they might look at you as the enemy, even though they might mock and make fun, even though they might laugh, you, with the love of Christ, have compassion on them. And God says it'll make a difference. The soldier of the cross must learn how to serve. Serve more than just his friends. Serve more than just those who might be able to recompense or give something in return, but to serve a lost and dying world. This is the heart of a veteran, a willingness to serve. Turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter number 12. 2 Samuel chapter number 12. You turn all the way back to the Old Testament now. I would like you to see the second aspect or attitude of a veteran. Secondly, here we see a willingness to sacrifice. A willingness to sacrifice. In 2 Samuel 23, verses 15 through 17, let me read it to you. 2 Samuel 23, 15 to 17. And David longed, and he said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And the three mighty men break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate. And they took it and brought it unto David. Nevertheless, he would not drink thereof, but poured it out unto the Lord. And he said, Be it far from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is not this the blood of the men that went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore he would not drink it. This is... Things did these three mighty men. If you're not familiar with the story, they were there encamped in a place close to the well of Bethlehem, and David longed for the water. However, the well of Bethlehem was behind enemy territory. It was occupied by the Philistines. It was in a very dangerous place. And David casually commenting on his longing to have that water from that well. And oh, how refreshing that would be. The best water you could get anywhere. And oh, it was a spring and a life spring. It was great. And they just just casually commenting on it. And three of his soldiers said, hey, let's go get David some of that water. They were willing to sacrifice even their own lives to go behind enemy lines to secure or get some water for David. This is the attitude of a veteran. These men that loved David, heard of his desire, and were willing to sacrifice it all to bring this water to him. They sacrificed and brought David this water. and He, realizing the magnitude of what they had done, said, how could I drink this refreshing water 
and almost cheapen the magnitude of the sacrifice of you bringing that to me. He just couldn't bring himself to drink it, realizing that they had risked their own lives to bring it. Well, can I tell you that these men sacrificed their lives or were willing to sacrifice it all to bring water to David? Well, our veterans were willing to sacrifice it all to bring freedom to you and I. Our veterans sacrificed, and many did, in great ways. One day, the head of Veterans Affairs uh, decided he desired to find a way to honor our veterans, wanted to do something nice for them. And they were thinking, well, they would give each and every veteran a kind of just maybe a Christmas check, a bonus of some kind. And they're trying to find a, an equitable way in which to distribute these checks to all the veterans. And they decided, well, what we'll do is we will allow the veterans to uh, come in and they can pick any two points on their body and we will measure the distance between and we will give them a check for the amount of distance between those two points. They could decide what they want. The first guy came in and he held up his hands and he says, I, I, he stretched as far as he could. And he says, I, I want to measure from the tip of my fingers to the tip of my other hand. And, and they measure 160 centimeters. So he got a check for $160. The next guy came in and he was pretty tall. And he says, I want you to measure from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And they measured him. It was 172 centimeters. They, so he got a check for $172. The third man came in and he says, I want you to measure from the palm of my right hand to the end of my right index finger. And uh, the doctor's like thinking, maybe I need to re-explain how this works. But then he looked at the soldier and he said, sir, where's your right index finger? And he said, well, it's probably on the battlefield in Vietnam where I left it. <laughs> you see, our soldiers sacrificed. They went to the field, and although many of them came home, many of them sacrificed in ways that we cannot see. Many of them carry scars that you cannot splint. They cannot be healed with gauze or antibiotic ointment so when you see a veteran thank him thank him men and women sacrificed for this country they sacrificed for the freedoms that we enjoy the cause was great enough even if that cause was for the man next to them what I ask you this morning is, what are you willing to sacrifice for the cause of Christ? What are you willing to sacrifice to become a veteran in the cause of the Lord and Savior, the one who gave it all to you? Many times we'll sacrifice great things for our own pursuits, for the things that we desire or we want. But what are you willing to sacrifice for the cause of Christ? The attitude in the heart of a veteran is one that's willing to sacrifice. Lastly, this morning, I want you to see that an attitude of a veteran is one that's willing to suffer. And what I mean by this is that he's willing to suffer the ultimate price. 
willing to suffer loss of even his own life. In some familiar verses in John chapter 15, verses 12 and 13, he says, This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. William Manchester, a World War II Marine sergeant, he was wounded, was sent to a field hospital. He was there only a short time when he went AWOL. He was gone. Obviously, the MPs and the other people there at the hospital assumed that he took the opportunity to escape the front. Wanted to get out of fighting the battle. But what had happened is he had heard that his platoon was embarking on an amphibious infiltration behind enemy lines. And he snuck out of the hospital and found his way as an injured man back to the front so he could stand with his men and go behind enemy lines. When they found out what he had done, they asked him, why? Why would you escape the honorable comfort of a hospital? You had already been injured. Why would you escape that just to go back to the front and risk it all? And he says, I could not lay in that bed. Well, my fellow soldiers marched behind enemy lines and risked it all without my help. That's the heart of a veteran. Can I remind you this morning that Jesus Christ laid it all for you. No greater love hath no man than this than a man lay down his life for his friends. It's been said over and over again that you build a bond with the man in the trench next to you and when the fighting starts, it's really about protecting him. It's about being a brother in arms, about fighting for the one next to you. Well, Jesus loved you and I enough that he gave his life for us. Even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Never has a greater price been paid for a more unworthy gift than what Jesus Christ paid for you and I. It's a crying shame today, and it, it irks me to no end that the young people in this country don't value what the veterans have done. That they can disregard and disrespect men and women who served and provided for them the very freedom that they're enjoying that gives them the freedom to voice their opinion. And they would treat these veterans in such horrible ways. It's a crying shame. But how much more of a shame is it when we don't value the sacrifice that Jesus gave on that cross? Christ shed his pure and innocent blood 
for a world that could care less. Would you look at Romans chapter 5 with me? I just want you to see these verses, and I'm bringing this to a close. Romans chapter 5. Beginning in verse number 6, Romans 5, beginning in verse number 6, he says, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. We didn't deserve it. We couldn't earn it. But God gave his life for us. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. Look at verse number 8 there. But God committed his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The veteran suffered to secure the freedoms that the young person has that doesn't value or appreciate them. And Jesus Christ died for the sinner who doesn't value and appreciate what he did. Veterans provide the joy of freedom that we have today. You know, we don't have to fear being overrun today. We don't have to fear being thrown into jail today for meeting or gathering or holding a service where we're worshiping and honoring God. There are many places in the country, even today, right now, where that is a fear for people that may be gathering today. But we have the freedom where we don't have to fear that. We don't have to be fear being put to death for an unsanctioned meeting. But what I want you to remember is that Christ gave us freedom from fearing death. We don't have to fear death today because Christ faced death for us. And he won the victory over death for you and I. Sarah Winchester, of the Winchester family. Her husband passed away of influenza in 1918. She moved to San Jose, California. Because of her overwhelming grief and her long-standing appreciation for spiritism, she sought out a medium, tried to contact her husband to speak to her, the love of her life. She paid exorbitant fees and paid this medium to tell her what her husband's thoughts were. And the medium communicated to Sarah Winchester that, Sarah, as long as you are building your home here on earth, you will not die. That's what she was told. Believing this wholeheartedly, Sarah Winchester bought an unfinished 17-room mansion and started to expand it. The project continued until she died at 85 years of age. It cost over $5 million at a time when the average workman earned 50 cents a day. The mansion had over 150 rooms, 13 bathrooms, 2,000 doors, 47 fireplaces, 
over 10,000 windows, and she had amassed enough materials on site that the building and construction could have continued for another 80 years. Today, that house stands as a testament, not just to the uh, how do you say extrinsities, the eccentricities, yes, of a wealthy person, you know, just the, some people are weird, I guess, so just looking for a nicer word than that. (laughs) It stands not just as a testament to that, what crazy people will do with their wealth sometimes, but it's a, actually you can go there in California and tour that home today. It is a tourist attraction, but what it stands is a testament to man's fear of death. What men will do to try and avoid death. Beloved, because of what Jesus Christ did for us, we don't have to fear death. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Beloved, because of what Christ did, we can know for sure that we'll live again. That we have a home in heaven and that those that have gone on before us that we love and care for, we will see again because of what Jesus did for us. My thoughts for you this morning are simple. Do you have the heart of a veteran? Are you willing to serve? Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to suffer to be a veteran of the cross? Remember and acknowledge and say thank you to those that have done so for our country, but be motivated and stirred to do so for our Lord. And if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross as payment for your sin, I want you to know it's available to you today. 